Welcome to the Catering Feed, the Catering Growth Podcast, a show about growing your catering business and restaurant industry trends, powered by Easy Cater. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Genevieve Babineau. Thank you so much for joining the Catering Feed. We have a great episode for you today. We are joined by one of our top customers, Christina Barbaro. Christina, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks, Genevieve. I'm happy to be here. When you're growing your catering business, it's so crucial to understand the mindset of a customer. And I think it's one of the reasons we're so excited to have Christina on the podcast today. She's one of our top customers. She's had an incredible career and she's really a key decision maker. A lot of people in the industry would refer to her as a whale. She sometimes has ordered up to 10 times in one day. And we thought it'd be really interesting to bring Christina on board because not only can she share that customer perspective, but she really cut her teeth in restaurant operations. She's worked for professional catering companies as an event planner. And so she both understands the operations component, but also what really makes a catering decision maker choose one brand over the other. So Christina, I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit more about your career, your time at JLL and your time in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So first five years of my post uh, college career was spent in private clubs in the sales manager role. Um, Moving from sales manager, then promoted to director of catering and event sales. Um, And then most recently moved into the corporate sector, um, which really opened my eyes to um, the end user perspective of things. So I really do have a really well-rounded background in food and beverage in a sense of being a catering service provider as well as a consumer. Christina, we were so delighted to have you join our national industry conference Cater Up this past April. And one of the top trends and feedback that I heard from you and the other customers on the panel, catering is high stakes and it's high rewards. And I think it's really incredible the amount of empathy that you have for the restaurant operator and how hard it is to run a catering business. Absolutely. It is the toughest. It takes not only a mental toll, but sometimes a physical toll on, you know, when you're trying to produce an event for hundreds of people that can really run you, run you ragged for sure. And, and I definitely have a huge respect for the people that can pull those types of things off. As always, before we dig into our topic today, it's always really great to get your perspective on some of the fun stories in the news. One of the things that got a lot of great buzz here at the office is Taco Bell's announcement for their pop-up Taco Bell Hotel and Resort. It was going to be open for a limited amount of time in Palm Springs, California this August. And it was, of course, for those super fans who were over 18 years old. And as soon as they made the announcement and opened that link, it sold out within minutes. And it really makes you think about those restaurant brands who are trying to create a true experience for their customers and that question of how do you get people buzzing about your brand? So I would love to hear your take on this, Christina. So I love a good Crunchwrap Supreme and I love a late night Taco Bell run. Um, and I would definitely go to this, but you probably wouldn't catch me like waiting hours in line to be there. Um, if McDonald's were to throw something like this, however, I am loyal and you would catch me floating on a Golden Arches pool float. It's just so funny to me because I would never associate a quick service restaurant like Taco Bell with a luxury hotel industry experience. But here I am, a lover of tacos. I personally have never given Taco Bell a shot. And yet here we are talking about it. And brands these days are so focused on whatever way possible they can create that true experience for their customers, set themselves apart. And I know, Christina, that you've spent your whole career focusing on how to build memorable experiences, whether it's through your events or in other areas of the industry. Do you think this is an effective way for Taco Bell to build a relationship with their customers? 
Absolutely. Whatever is going to give them the most reach is worth a shot, in my opinion. Um, sometimes you have to take risks, obviously, as in any business. So if they felt like this was the way to do it, it clearly worked. It's been really valuable in my career to have the opportunity to talk to customers like yourself and pick your brain and really hear the way that you think about the industry, what your expectations are, how they're shifting. And it helps us as leaders in the restaurant industry really understand what's going to make you happy, what's going to make you look great. So thank you so much for joining us today. There's this new concept in the industry of using food to facilitate in a professional setting, and it's been done for years, but I think this trend is really being identified and talked about more regularly. So how do you use food to facilitate in your career? So the first way I see it kind of in a corporate sense. Um, so our world today is is long, hardworking hours, a lot of the times taking calls and emails, texts while, you know, we're on PTO or things like that. You know, it's just kind of a nonstop working environment. So my job as a catering decision maker is to make sure that I am putting a quality product in front of my clients when they, when they need it at their desired time. So producing a timely and high quality product that meets my clients' needs is ultimately going to help me facilitate every aspect of my job better. It's going to create and keep open that line of trust that will help me build the relationship, build and foster the relationship with my clients um, and let them know that I can accommodate their needs appropriately. The other side of it, um, I kind of see in a more social uh, event planning or catering mindset. Um, we kind of live in a world of instant gratification and People are always looking for the next fun and Instagrammable thing. Um, so having the knowledge and having the easy access of caterers that are reliable and um, maybe more cutting edge is going to position me as a catering decision maker um, as an excellent resource to my clients, you know, for being in the know about what's available um, and what's really up and coming for maybe someone that's looking for more of a, a foodie for uh, a new experience versus a client that's looking for more of a corporate breakfast, lunch, meeting type of catering. It's really interesting to hear the way you distinguish B2B versus B2C, because I think that B2B customer wants you to make that experience feel effortless, and they really just want to get back to focusing on their full-time job, versus that B2C social occasion. They are so much more focused on the small little details that creates an experience for their guests, and they want to go above and beyond. So it's really interesting to see the differences between the two. Yes, that's 100% the correct way to put it, the B2B mindset and the B2C, which I have a little bit of experience in both, and so I really see that question in, in two, two different lights. When I was in restaurant sales, we used to view people like yourself as unicorns. You know, here is someone who's a catering decision maker. Maybe they spend as much as half a million dollars on catering, and you're incredibly impactful to someone's business. So what would your recommendation be for restaurant leaders who are trying to coach their team to find a customer like you? Where are the Christinas of the world? So this is a great question. And I think kind of in the last two years when I moved into the corporate sector, my eyes opened to how how much potential business that there is. It's astronomical, the amount of like corporate business that could be available out there. And I really wish that I had a better answer to this question than to just Google it. 
because that's really where it starts is doing your research. Um, so kind of, for example, restaurant leaders or uh, restaurant caterers, let's say, um, that are kind of in larger metropolitan areas. Um, my suggestion would be to start by like Googling the address of a nearby corporate building of your um, in your area that you maybe want to target. Um, and each building, believe it or not, actually has a website um, which has valuable information as to kind of who those gatekeepers are. So I would really, you need to do your research as to who these people are that are managing these spaces and reach out to them, introduce yourself, bring them lunch and show them what you can do. The other suggestion I was was thinking about, or it kind of dawned on me as I was going through this, um, when you are on, on the websites of the buildings that you're looking to target, they probably have um, a list of tenants so the big corporations that are actually renting renting space in the building. Um, and then I recently, in my new role, um, I do a lot of LinkedIn stalking per se, we'll call it. You search the company name on LinkedIn. And when you pull up the company profile, there's actually a tab that says people where you can search people that work for this company. That is so valuable. I love how tactical you're getting because I think a lot of times our partners are wanting to know, how do I grow my business? Maybe I don't have the ability to staff a full-time catering role, but how do I still pack the biggest punch? And I think, you know, for many people, they've been really focused on driving traffic inside the four walls. And that may be for a $30 check average versus when you're in the catering world, specifically to B2B, on average, you could get anywhere to 200 $50 to $300 check average. It's so important to really do your research and start to figure out who that catering persona is. Who is the decision maker at these top companies in your area? Why is that person ordering? Who are they ordering for? How often are they ordering? And what's their average budget? The more insight you can have into someone's business before you walk in the door is going to really set you apart. 100% correct. Even just identifying the right person to reach out to that's the hard part. The easy part is following up with them, bringing them a menu, bringing them a little sample of this. People are welcoming, especially in that sense. One of the resources that seems pretty basic, but I always find an immense amount of insight there is Wikipedia. I would Google the Wikipedia largest number of employees in any major metro, and you're going to see a lot of insight into the top companies in that metro, understand what industry they're in, and really those are the companies that are often more likely to be placing large-scale catering orders. That's so funny that you mentioned the Wikipedia search because um, in my current role, when I host events in other cities and I'm looking for large corporations to target, that's the first thing I do. I do a, a Google search of the top 10 companies headquartered in that area, and it's always Wikipedia that I'm starting with. I'm also a big fan of using the website Glassdoor. Glassdoor is a place where people can go on and write employee reviews and tell a little bit more about the company, and it's amazing how easily you can find employee reviews that specifically say, I love that the company caters. They cater every single Monday. They bring in lunch every single Thursday. During accounting season, we get free food every single night. Why would you spend your time going after companies if you don't even know that they cater versus spending your time focusing on the people that you know for a fact could be a potential client? So that's so crazy that you mentioned the glass door thing. I've never even thought about using that as a tool. It's genius. 
as a decision maker, Christina, what type of communication do you prefer? Do you want a restaurant to be proactive and try to connect to you? Does that feel like a turnoff? So I definitely love when there is communication in general. So if something is going awry, which let's be honest, it does and it does often, the communication, even if it's just a phone call to say, hey, we're going to be just 10 minutes late. Okay. 10 minutes is not a huge deal, but that gives me then the opportunity to reach out to my client and also give them this information and then they can adjust. Another thing that I love is when we would get a caterer that was actually looking at their orders and recognizing that we were ordering from them often and just reached out to say, Hey, I see that you've put in multiple orders with us over the last X amount of days or a couple of weeks. I just want to say thanks for your business. I always welcome your feedback. If there's anything that we can do better, let us know. To talk directly or have a direct contact like that is above and beyond, in my opinion. It's really interesting that you use the term above and beyond because I know what you mean. It means so much to the customer. And yet a lot of the things that you're talking about, they're pretty simple. It really comes down to Restaurant 101. Exactly. You're very right. And another way to kind of put it to is everything is so automated these days. Um, obviously, Easy Caters and online platform, Yelp, Instagram, all the social medias, anything that anyone can do to add a personal touch or just humanize the process, I think also goes a long way. Just to know that there really is a human behind all of this is comforting. This podcast is about catering growth, and yet one of the themes that we continually come back to episode after episode is this intersection between human connection and automation. I think it's a really great point that you bring up, Christina. And when you're thinking about who to order from, what makes one brand stand out to you over another? This is a, this is actually a tough question. Um, if I'm ordering for a corporate setting or a corporate group, um, I'm definitely going for reliability, something that's tried and true that can get there when I need it to be there and I know it's going to be correct. Um, when I you know, have the option to be a little bit more flexible, um, I'm definitely looking at um, people that I might know personally um, that could maybe do something that would be above and beyond what they might regularly offer on their menus per se. Some people that have introduced themselves personally and, you know, you can just tell that they really do appreciate you as a customer. I always like to try to send business their way. Um, people work hard and, and those that take the time to really connect, um, I'm definitely going to lean towards them. One of the things that partners are really thinking about right now is how do they control that experience and make sure that the same experience that they can offer a guest within the four walls is conveyed outside the four walls. As you think on your time in hospitality and event planning, and now that you're on the other side as a catering decision maker, are there any lessons that you feel like you really want to convey to the listeners? I think the big takeaway is really to try to humanize it. Form those relationships with your customers um, and they will come back. And not only will they come back, but they're going to send their friends. Um, another thing that I kind of wanted to touch on really was for maybe those people that um, the caterers and restaurants that might be um, hesitant to to join a technology platform, um, 
is you're really, you're going to miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And if you're not in front of the customer's fingertips, the chances of, of you creating a connection um, are very slim. Another um, point I think that we haven't really touched on is um, the availability of the caterers. Um, I know just by working with certain restaurants so often, um, who has a certain cutoff time of you know 24 hours or 48 hours. Um, but oftentimes, uh, I would say more times than not, the world doesn't really work like that. And I, I can tell you, I would get phone calls from certain people who I saw on the caller ID. I know they're calling me to get a lunch for 15 people in the next hour. Um, so I had my list of caterers at that point that I know would pretty much always say yes, um, that they could accommodate us. And I'm going with that. I think those are great lessons, Christina, and I really just want to thank you. We heard some pretty clear trends coming from you today, that at the end of the day, the catering customer is really unique. They have a specific set of needs, and they really want to focus on quality, accuracy, timeliness, and easy to order. All again, it just comes down to that trust and relationship. Can they trust you to execute? Because this is so crucial for their success in their career. Yeah, I totally agree, Genevieve. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in today. We hope you really enjoyed hearing Christina's perspective on the customer mindset. Again, she's coming from that industry background, but is also a top catering decision maker. So your perspective is invaluable. Thanks, Christina. Thanks for having me, Genevieve. All right, Catering Feed listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode and you want to hear more from the Catering Feed, go on and leave us a review with insights on who else you want to hear from, what topics you want to discuss, and how we can bring you more great stories from the industry and help you grow your business. Thanks for listening to the Catering Feed, powered by Easy Cater.